Welcome on in to the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris McGuire, with my fellow co-host, Connor Green, Gavin Everingham, Patrick Smith. We are here today on the franchise tag deadline day. It is March 9th. We got some news for you. Talk about all the players that have been franchise tagged, all the players who have been signed. Dak Prescott, Connor Green's quarterback. Gonna be talking about that. He signed a four-year, hundred sixty million dollar contract with a sixty-six million dollar signing bonus. He got seventy-five million dollars in his first year. Fucking crazy amount of money, and I'm just fucking salivating at the thought of it. Nobody's more happy than Connor is. Let's get the show on the road with Connor. Talk about your uh, quarterback. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I've had to sit here and listen to you guys tell me that he's going to be a Patriot or a, a Chicago Bear for the past couple of weeks. So it was, feels like a pretty good day. Not going to lie. I mean, he's no Sam Darnold, but I guess you'll have to settle. I guess I'll have to settle, Gavin. <laughs> Chris, don't you have a secret take on Sam Darnold? Was that something that we discussed in previous podcasts? I had a take on where he should go, and I just forgot about it. I don't know. I should have wrote it down. It wasn't that good of a take, apparently. Clearly, <laughs> okay. I I think it I, it probably left my I don't I don't remember what it was. It was the Giants, wasn't it, Chris? I think it was the Forty ers No, it definitely wasn't the Giants. Maybe it was the Forty ers I don't know. I could definitely see them taking a chance on him if uh, you know, if all, I don't know. Maybe it was the Forty ers That kind of rings a bell somewhat. But uh, anyway, let's get let's get through the episode. First, let's just go quickly go through the franchise tagged players and the news from this past past few days. Really, the franchise tagged players are Chris Godwin on Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver, Justin Simmons is safety for the Denver Broncos, Allen Robinson. He was tagged for the second year in a row by the Chicago Bears. Cam Robinson, the tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that was a surprise franchise tag that. Nobody saw fucking coming. Leonard Williams, franchise tag for the second year in a row by the New York football giants. Marcus May, safety for the New York Jets, got franchise tagged. Brandon Scherf, the guard for the Washington football team. Taylor Moton, the tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Marcus Williams, the safety for the New Orleans Saints, who somehow were able to franchise tag him despite the negative $60 million in cap space they have uh and for now as a placeholder that Dak Prescott was franchise tag but that was just procedural as obviously he re-signed and this means the notable free agents will be Shaq Barrett, Kenny Galladay, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Aaron Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster among many were there any uh shockers to you guys amongst these uh Amongst these franchise tags, obviously I brought up the Cam Robinson one, but that was that was strange. I don't really understand that one. I don't think, uh, um, that I don't think P. Smitty really had in his uh, blueprint for the Saints them uh, franchise tagging Marcus Williams. So no, you know I've seen that they spent, they've extended or resigned a couple other people too that were free agents. They're somehow spending money. Without getting rid of like they they need more cap and they're like well we'll figure that part out later let's just keep re-signing people yeah. let's put this guy in the franchise like I really have no idea that's how been they their worked that's that been out. Their, their methods the past like few years but no there's also like um 
some of the ones that have been announced that they won't be tagged, like Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith, um, Kenny Galladay. Uh, there was one other one. Oh, Aaron Jones. Not that that's a huge surprise. Chris Carson. So, um, I think I, I kind of I guess we expected Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, just because. I mean, I don't know. I feel like with Hunter Henry though, with the Chargers. I don't know. I'll, I'll get to the Chargers later because I actually coincidentally have them this episode. So anyways, but um, there weren't any huge shockers outside of Cam Robinson because well, I mean, Cam Robinson sucked. And so now he's like a top five paid tackle this year, which is strange. But uh, I thought but, uh, Galladay was definitely going to get franchise tagged. I kind of thought that was I did, too. I really thought he was. Don't the players have to agree to that, though? So no. So the player is like they basically have no control. It's the, it's one of the dumber things in sports. I don't understand how you can just be like, like imagine being at your job and you sign for like a contract and you don't like it and your contract's like soon ending. You're like, you know what? I'll push through whatever. We're almost at the end and your boss just looks you in the eyes and goes, nope, you're fucking tagged. You're staying here. Like I, I couldn't imagine like what a dumb fucking stipulation especially for like Allen robinson and like leonard williams even though leonard williams probably wanted to stay there anyway Allen robinson being forced to go back to the chicago bears and potentially have mitch trubisky as his quarterback they could again. get like a deshaun watson chris you, you don't know no i don't i don't know i don't i have no idea who's gonna be their quarterback but just the fact that he might be forced into being with mitch trubisky again or nick Foles. i feel bad for him but yeah or nick Foles. uh but you know it's I can only feel so bad, you know, because like if I if I was in a situation like that where I was like signed a contract to work at a job and then they like I was like, yeah, this kind of sucks, but I'll push through one more year. And then they say, well, we're going to take the top five highest paid people at your position and average it out and then pay you that for another year. I'd be like, oh, okay. I mean, I can only feel so bad. Okay, that's fair. That's fair for an office job. That makes sense. But also like hypothetically, like if Alan Robinson like tears his knee this year. And he's he, fucked, and yeah. He had, yeah, he had to be like, wow, I spent my last few good years in Chicago with no quarterback, and I can't even go to a team next year. Well, he probably can go to a team next year, but like, if it's like a career-ending injury, God forbid, like, I don't even know. But I don't know. Like, franchise tech's stupid. It's yeah. so fucking stupid. I hate it. But anyway, like, to Pichmini's point, Kenny Galladay was a shocker to me. I don't understand why, if you're a... NFL team and you have a player of Kenny Galladay's caliber or even a little lesser of a player and they're walking to free agency why wouldn't you just tag them or like trade them during the season like I don't understand how you can just let a player of Kenny Galladay's prowess just walk away for nothing yeah that's what I didn't get they knew that there's going to be like potential trade offers for him and they were at least going to get something for him and now they're just going to let him walk away for absolutely nothing. I mean, good for him. He can test the market and see whatever, get whatever he wants. But on their part, why? What worst case you keep him and he plays on your team and he's one of your three receivers that you have? Like, yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense. Uh, Chris, or Jared Goff too. I mean, yeah. Chris, I saw one of your one of your many Twitter disagreements. You were trying to. Some guy was arguing that. Kenny Galladay really wasn't like that good. The target um, share thing or the targets? Yeah, the stupid target share thing. Yeah, and uh, 
yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it because it's just like kind of like the argument was that uh, there was a that top receivers demand high target share or like high, like he was using, he wasn't even using target share. He was using a high amount of targets, just volume in general. And, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, I pointed out, you know, Stefan Diggs before he went to the bills in his last three years, two of those seasons, he had under a hundred targets, but like targets are not a wide receiver stat targets are a situation and offense stat like Stephon Diggs didn't get his targets in Minnesota not because he wasn't like this target receiver it was because they're run heavy offense that most of the production of receivers is based off play action and maximizing their pass plays when they're actually called it's just they run the ball fit like 50 55 percent of the time so I don't know I don't understand that Galladay is a really good receiver his last fall season in 2019, he played eight games without Matthew Stafford. They played it with fucking Chase Daniel and David Blau. Uh, David Blau. David? Yeah, David Blau. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> he had over he had over 1,100 yards and like not like nine touchdowns, I believe. Or his final stats. Like Kenny Galladay is a fine receiver. Like he would be. I would love him on the Giants if the Giants actually had cap space, but they don't. So I, I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> Now, obviously, Just do what the uh, are doing, Chris. Just spend money you don't have. Obviously, targets yeah, are, are like, it's definitely like scheme driven, but it's also a little bit of both. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're not going to, if you're a bad open, receiver, you're not going to get targeted. Right, right. If you're not open, you're not, they're not going to throw the ball to you unless you're, I mean, like Calvin Johnson or something. But like, you know, which Kenny Galladay is kind of, not like Calvin Johnson, but you know, he's a contested receiver kind of guy he's not like a route running get open every play kind of guy so um but maybe that was just because that was matt stafford and that was kind of his deal so i don't know but i i feel like kenny galladay will match up better anyway with uh i don't know how well he would have matched up with jared goff like i don't know how many jump balls jared goff typically tends to throw especially coming from mcveigh system where that wasn't really the go-to kind of deal where it was kind of like Scheme underneath motion, uh, outside zone kind of kind of scheme where you know Robert Woods and and Cooper Cup and and Cooks were his receivers for a lot of the time. So I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I know he'll, you know, he'll get a decent amount of money and and hopefully he get, he lands on a good team so where he can you know not play with a backup quarterback and stuff like that. That's why I want Al Robinson to get out of Chicago too. Hopefully that was just a tag and trade thing. I don't know, or maybe they get a good quarterback. Who knows? But yeah, hopefully one of the two happens. I, I definitely think he likes the city of Chicago. I don't. I just you know, Mitch Trubisky. It's always fun. God. Uh, what for uh, the Cam Robinson thing? Like one of the uh, one of my uh, I was on a podcast the other day. I was a guest on uh, Nerd Speak. Give it a listen. Uh, AJ on uh, from Nerd Speak. He actually pointed out that the reason why Cam Robinson probably was tagged was that. Trevor Lawrence is coming in. Uh, most of the tackles, like Taylor Mo- uh, Moton, uh, they were franchise tags. It's not really a good ta- uh, tackle market. And I guess they just wanted to guarantee they had someone who was at least average there. Uh, and the Jaguars have a ton of dra- uh, cap space to spare. So it's you know one-year deal, guaranteed to have a tackle there. And, and then they'll probably maybe draft somebody in a tackle-heavy draft. But... Uh, moving on, let's uh, 
first, also, we, we didn't mention Isaiah Wilson, first-round draft pick from the Tennessee Titans this past year. He only played three snaps with them because off the field, they just did not jive well with him. He was traded to the Miami Dolphins. So the Miami Dolphins, maybe they play him and they don't draft Penny Sewell at the third overall spot and pick. Maybe they draft like a Jamar Chase or something like that. But uh, what do you guys think about that trade just real quick? I think, I mean, one, Isaiah Wilson was only a first-round pick in technicality. Like he, People say first-round talent. He wasn't a first-round talent. He probably shouldn't have gone in the first round. But regardless, I mean, he's still – the fact that they got him um, for a – they just swapped like seventh-round picks, like – I think they they got a 2022 first round pick and sent a 2021 or something like that, and then got Isaiah Wilson in return. Like, I mean, there's really no risk to it at all. I mean, he's still you're not paying him a lot, and you really hardly lost anything. Even if you only got a, I don't know, the fact that you even got a seventh round pick in return is kind of crazy too. So I, I, I like the deal for them. The Titans just kind of had to salvage whatever they had. I mean, the guy was never going to play for him again. He was kind of just a massive bust, so it it's it just is what it is. But I I do like I do like the deal in general. There's nothing really wrong with it. Yeah, it's just a low risk, high reward type of deal. And unless he's like Dolphins. a kid in the locker room or something like that. But yeah, and, and even then, he just cut him. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and like Antonio Brown, they were kind of like the Raiders were kind of stuck with him for a while. But this is a little different. I mean, you can just boot him out the door. So. And then also Trent Brown was traded to the Patriots. Uh, yeah, that you know, news really flew under the radar. Have y'all seen his tattoo? Yeah. Oh my god! I have god. not this, seen his tattoo. Describe his tattoo, Gavin. Connor, Connor, just just while I describe it, go ahead and Google Trent Brown's tattoo. It's the most horrendous, awful, ugly tattoo I've probably ever seen in my whole life. It's like a poorly drawn picture of him in a football helmet with like two. Like naked Oof. women, like rubbing Oof. his abs, like it's so, it's so fucking ugly it's and quite terrible. The visual. It's oh so bad. Like it's not even like tasteful or like. There's well no done. detail. It's just like little, almost stick figures is what it looks like. <laughs> no, it's so bad. God, I don't oh get it. Like, that man went to a tattoo parlor and paid for that shit. Well, maybe it was a tattoo parlor. Maybe it was this fucking kid with a needle and pen. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that 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 trade though. So it's interesting because the Patriots let him walk after their Super Bowl season in 2018. He obviously signed to Raiders. He became the highest paid tackle ever uh, at the time, being being at least. And so what they think is going to happen is, is basically so when he walked, the Patriots got a third round comp pick because he left, and now the Patriots traded for him again at his lowest value. And he's going to be a free agent next year, so they're hoping to get another comp pick from him. They played so a long Belich- game. Yeah, Belichick is just—he just thinks of this shit that nobody else thinks of. He, they get a guy who's familiar with the system, who's been there before, has helped them before, and has gotten a payday based on his production in New England before, and they're just going to run it back and do it again. Belichick is just think, a fucking genius. Do you think a team is going to? Not like fall for it, but like a team's already paid him a lot of money, and then he obviously wasn't what they paid for. Do you think really you think he's going to come back to the Patriots, be good again, and then someone's going to fall for it again and pay him a shit ton of money again? 
I don't know. I I think maybe. I mean, it's, it could work. And it's very yeah, low risk. I know the the Patriots have done it time and time again with different players, but I'm just saying, like twice with the same player, that'd be like the heist of the century. I mean, the the tackle market is so weak that I can see it happening. Like, I don't know who's I don't I haven't looked at the 2022 free agents, but if it's like a weak tackle class, I can 100 percent see it. Does the comp pick change depending on how much that free agent gets paid? Yeah. Like if he gets yeah. paid next to nothing, they're not going to get a decent comp pick at all. No, they'll get enough. It, it, it goes into like a formula. Like, I don't know exactly what the formula is. The NFL has a lot of com- uh, complicated shit that a bunch of complicated things I don't necessarily understand. It's definitely way higher than my pay grade because I make nothing off of this, obviously. Uh, so <laughs> above my pay grade, which is anything. Yeah, anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know how that works. I just know it's factored into some sort of formula. Uh, maybe I should look it up. I was, I was trying to figure out the whole, I, I was trying to figure out how Zach Prescott's getting paid $75 million this year yet is only counting 22.2 million against a cap. This can't you, year. well, because a lot of that is the signing bonus and can't you prorate that over the duration it, it, of the contract? It, it, it is prorated, but even yeah. then it, it's supposed to be prorated to 16.5 million, but because they added two void years. Very smart for at least uh, next year. It's down to thirteen point five million per year, and then obviously the sixth year there is no signing bonus because it's technically null and void. Can I uh, so, slide in like a fun fact here just before we get started? Better like, be sure. Yeah, no, actually, I, I find it fun. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys will be paying less next year for Dak Prescott to play with them than the Eagles will pay for Carson Wentz to play for the Colts. Well, that's not really. That's not really. Sorry. Everybody knew yeah. that. Like, that's like. That's like. I think like I had to repeat it. Five in his first year. No, 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 no. Because it's only gonna be a twenty-two million dollar cap hit for Prescott in twenty twenty-one. I think Carson Wentz is gonna be a thirty-something million dollar dead hit for the Eagles next year. Yeah, but that's see. I don't understand. I I hate those kind of tweets. And I see it a lot where it's just like, oh, the Eagles are gonna be paying this much for Carson Wentz, but it's just like, dude, like the, the Eagles weren't going anywhere this year anyway. It's like hey, who cares if they're hey, taking a cap? Hey, hey, you don't know that, Chris. No, I mean, I, I mean, maybe you guys feel differently. I personally couldn't like if I'm an Eagles fan, I don't really give a shit about the dead cap hit for Carson Wentz because I know we weren't going anywhere anyway. I just like saying it out loud. No, it's definitely a funny ha ha moment, but I, I don't know. I'm not really, you know, whatever. Anyway, let's get started on our off season previews. Uh, the Let's start with the AFC West and the Super AFC champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Connor, take it away. So, obviously, the season did not end for the Chiefs the way that we thought it was. We all predicted the Chiefs would beat the Buccaneers. Spoiler alert, they didn't. They got beat by Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and honestly, I, I mean, I think this is the year where Patrick Mahomes' contract kicked in. So I should have been expecting them to be like significantly over the cap, which they are. But I wasn't expecting them to be in such like a sticky situation. I guess because it's the Chiefs, we just always think that everything's kind of like a breeze because they have the best quarterback and the best offensive-minded head coach in NFL history. But you know they have you know, a lot of prominent free agents. They got Sammy Watkins, Bashad Breeland. They got Andrew Wiley, who's their starting guard. They have Alex Okafor. And I mean, they have Daniel Sorensen, which isn't that big of a deal, but he—I mean, he is their starting safety. That's something. It's not a lot, and they're twenty-three million dollars over the cap. 
which is insane. And most teams are over the cap next year because they're lowering the cap for the first time in like a decade because of COVID. But they're twenty three million over the cap. They can try to restructure a couple players' contracts. So, from what I was reading, it looks like uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. He's kind of like the prime restructure candidate. Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher. They're all heading into the final year of their contract. So if they get extensions and they restructure the contracts, they can probably find a way to at least get back to the cut, uh, at least get back around the cap. They could also restructure Chris Jones's deal, which could give them $20 million. Because he's a, he's a $20 million roster bonus, and they could prorate that over the rest of his contract, which I think they will do. Yeah, I don't really understand. Signing bonus. Yeah, and I really, I really don't understand how you can just do this. Like, I don't understand the way the NFL works in terms of, I guess, the way they move cap money around. But I guess they can do that. They can just kind of like snap their fingers and make it a signing bonus. And they're probably going to cut Anthony Hitchens. It only saved him like two point two million dollars, but you know, every little bit helps. And he was bad last year, actually. So they're in a bad cap situation. Even if they do all of these things, they won't be a big player in free agency. They obviously have the 31st pick in the draft. They need offensive linemen, cornerbacks, edge rushers, and a wide receiver. They could use another wide receiver because Sammy Watkins is probably going to be leaving. Although, you know, they still have Tyree Kale, they still have Travis Kelsey. They probably don't absolutely need one. I think Demarcus Robinson is also a free agent, but that doesn't really matter. I know I Chris, do you hate Demarcus Robinson? Is that the one you hate? I don't hate him. I just don't understand how he ever touches the field and it makes me angry. On the Chiefs, you don't understand. Me. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. That. Why is he ever touched the field? I'm on that train too. Like he he's dropped like more balls than anyone I've ever seen, and he's still like especially like when you have Sammy Watkins and and Hill, and you also have Nico Hardman. I, I just don't get why he's getting snaps over any of of them. It doesn't make. I also fucking I don't, I don't hate him personally, but I I don't get how he's on the field ever. He, just, he perplexes you. He perplexes you guys. Yeah, him, but whoever makes the decision to put him on the field also perplexes me. It was Andy Reid yes. or whoever. It's just, and I don't, I don't Eric Bianami, whoever makes that decision. Okay, so right. then they have the 31st pick in the draft. Uh, I think ideally if somehow J.C. Horn, who's the cornerback out of USC, falls to them at 31 – that would be a godsend uh, for them. South Carolina. Yeah, yes, USC, South Carolina. There's the USC, California. He's from South Carolina. He's a South Carolina one. I just call it USC either way. Yes, USC, South Carolina. We're from the Carolinas, so that's why we... Uh, we do, Yes, so we, we take pride in... Yes. Him University of South Carolina has been a college longer than California has been a state. Fun fact. I know. No, oh. yeah. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. I think it's important. I think most people... Look at USC, Southern California. And they think California, yes. I agree. They, I, I think that too. But I'm trying to reclaim USC for South Carolina, Chris. I'm starting a movement here. All right. Fair enough. My apologies. Yeah. Go on. Okay. I'll go on. I think JC Horn's a really good prospect person. I think he's a little underrated. I think he's closer to Patrick Sertain II than a lot of people are saying. But they could also get Aaron Robinson, who's a cornerback out of US, UCF. Um, I actually, I'm not that familiar with him, but I know he's, like I think, a top 10 corner in the draft. Elijah Vera Tucker. I know I bring him up every single time. He's from the California USC, which is what I was going to do, Chris, but you know, you took that away from me. Uh, He would obviously be, he would help them. They could get Wyatt Davis if he falls to 31, which he could. And then Jason Owa, who's another really good prospect who I think could also fall to them. He's an edge rusher from Penn state. 
Uh, you know, they're going to really need to, I mean, they don't need to be great in the draft because they have Patrick Mahomes and they have Andy Reid and they have Travis Kelsey and they have Tyreek Hill, but they, I mean, they're probably going to be worse next year than they were last year. I mean, obviously they're going to be getting back a lot of, they had a lot of injuries along the offensive line. That'll help. They should get, uh, I wish I could, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. I don't know if he's coming back next year because obviously COVID is still happening and he's the he's the doctor who opted out of the season to help fight COVID. I don't know if he's coming back, but he's a pretty good veteran offensive lineman. They had a couple of they obviously had a couple of significant injuries. Eric Fisher was hurt in the in the Super Bowl. So I mean they'll 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 be worse than they were in the regular season this this year, but they'll probably be better than they were in the Super Bowl. So they're still Super Bowl favorites. Again, they have Patrick Mahomes. You don't really have to say that much about why they're Super Bowl favorites. You really just have to say Patrick Mahomes exists. And, you know, I mean, they should try to fill some of their needs in the draft. I mean, they can't do anything in free agency. So it's going to be a lot of restructuring. It's going to be a pretty boring offseason for Chiefs fans. Yeah. Uh, any Anytime you have a competitor like the Chiefs and just basically running it back with the same roster for the most part, and giving out all these contracts because they're so freaking good, it's going to be more or less a very uneventful offseason for them. Uh, I mean, I really agree with everything you said for the most part. It's just they need, they need to make sure that they keep Patrick Mahomes protected, make sure that the, their defense is competent enough to where they can at least you know not have to be in shootouts every single time they touch the field. Uh and with Steve Spagnola and that defensive scheme, that's, you know, they've been a very good defense. And maybe this year, I expect them to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, I expect them to beat the Bucks too. So fuck me, right? Uh, moving on to the second place loss. It was the Raiders, right? Yeah, yeah. Eight, yep, 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, just making sure I had to fact check myself. The Las Vegas Raiders, and who better to do the Raiders than Mr. Raider himself, Chris McGuire? That's right. We're back, baby. Just win, baby. The Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know what to say. Let's be, I feel like I, someone I, else I should have introduced you instead of you introducing yeah, yourself. Yeah, in third person. That was weird. So, Chris, can you do a John Gruden impression? That would be pretty cool. Uh, no, <laughs> a lot of pressure. I, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna try, but I, 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 I decided against it. Self conscious. Yeah, same yeah, man a lot. Yeah. 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 Yes, he does. Uh, so the Raiders have so many needs, and they do have some good they do have cap space at 36 million dollars which is currently the sixth most in the nfl according to spot track uh obviously not official those aren't official numbers as teams are gonna be cutting uh players left and right and so are the raiders which is confusing because they have free agents such as richie incognito they cut gabe jackson they traded away trent brown the one thing that the raiders had the strength of the team was their offensive line, and it's the reason why Russell Wilson had the Raiders on his list of potential teams to get traded to, and suddenly they're getting rid of their best offensive linemen. So 
it's kind of confusing. Uh, they kind of made my job a little bit more difficult. Uh, with that said, if I'm the Raiders, I'm... So... It was fun while it lasted. The Derek Carr MVP hype lasted four or five weeks last year. It was fun while it lasted. Let's get them the fuck out of here. We know. Look at me. Look at me, Vegas. It's me. It's 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 Mr. Raider. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lead you down this hole. I'm not going to pretend like everything's okay. It's not right now. It's not. John Gruden signed a 10-year contract. He's here for a while. We got Mike Mayak as our GM. Our GM, Mr. Raider here. Derek Carr needs to go. We Derek Carr is not a guy who's going to elevate the Raiders to these heights. What they should do is they should trade Derek Carr to a team like the Chicago Bears, who are very desperate at quarterback. Trade him there. Derek Carr wouldn't go for less than a first-round pick. As, as average as many people think Derek Carr is, he is a pretty damn good quarterback. He will get at least a first-round pick in return. And in doing that, once you get that first-round pick, that gives you the ability to trade up. Or maybe there are rumors that Justin Fields is going to fall in this draft. And if he does, maybe, just maybe, the Raiders can uh, snatch him up. And if not, maybe they can only go up a few spots. because. What, what do you think the odds are of that, though? The odds? I have no fucking clue. I have no idea, but the, there there are a bunch of whispers that uh, one Justin Fields is going to fall, don't know how far, and two Mac Jones is going to go higher than many people expect. Is there a reason for this, or is this just like um happening for no reason? I don't know. I I can't explain it to be honest. I I I couldn't explain it because Mac Jones is you know he had one year of production. That'll be a great production. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, he's people say it's because he's an Ohio State quarterback, but yet again, Mac Jones is a Alabama, Alabama quarterback. quarterback. So yeah. I don't really understand why there's such a potential fall for Justin Fields, but not for Mac Jones. Even though there wouldn't necessarily be a fall, I think Mac Jones would get appropriately drafted wherever he's drafted. Uh, but Anywho, if I'm the Raiders, and I, I, that's what I would set my mind to. I would go for Derek Carr. I mean, I would trade away Derek Carr, try and net as many picks from that trade as possible. I would just start. I would start the rebuild, and I would accumulate as many draft picks as possible. That would probably be including trading Darren Waller, fan favorite, one of the top three, four tight ends in the NFL. As much as I hate to say it, but he's 28 already. Raider Might fans as well would lose it. They lose would fucking it. lose it. And I understand the that. The thing they have, Chris. The, but I, I, don't, I don't know what else to do for this team. They have so many holes. And the, the, one, te- the one thing they had that made them as good as they were was they had an offensive line. They're getting rid of it. So I, I don't understand whatsoever what the fuck they're doing. As Mr. Raider, I'm upset about it. Uh, but if you're not going to trade away Derek Carr, the one thing you need to do is you need to make that defense somewhat competent. 
there's not one single player amongst this defense besides uh, uh, how do you say his first name? Farrell. Cleveland. Is that how you say it? Cleveland Farrell. He's the one positive on the defense, and he doesn't even add much to, to the defense. They don't have any corners. They have no linebackers besides Corey Littleton, who clearly doesn't fit in this scheme when they signed him last year. Jonathan Abraham, uh, Abram has been arguably the worst safety in football, especially in coverage. He's He's been a, a very big disappointment, very big disappointment draft pick. Honestly, like, I can go through as many draft picks possible, literally just, I'm just going to say defense. That's it. That's the only thing I'm going to put out there. Defense, or if you trade away Derek Carr, get a quarterback. But I'm just going to say on the board, defense, that's that's it. That's that's all you need to do if you're the Raiders because they have nothing. I know, as as simple of a, as simple of a breakdown. A little pessimistic, think. Chris. You got any no, optimism they, for Las they, Vegas? They, no. No, I don't. Like I, I hate to say that because I hear like, they have nice casinos, Chris. They do. They definitely do. But I don't. I don't see how they get better. Like they have, like they have cap space, but for what? Like, what are they gonna do with it? They, they, their offensive line they're getting rid of. Their defense is so fucking bad. The, the only thing they can do is really just, I guess, draft a few guys and maybe sign one player in free agency that will maybe make somewhat of a difference. Like, how do they get better than 8-8? Eight eight? Like, if I'm the Raiders, I'm just starting over. That's what I would do, but, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Moving on to third place, the Los Angeles Chargers. Something that's probably going to be more fun than the fucking Raiders. So the Raiders are a fucking mess. All across the board. Gavin, take it away. Yeah, so um the Chargers I was I was a pretty decent Chargers fan last year just because I like Justin Herbert and um not to bullet Connor, but I had him on my fantasy team on one of them, and so I liked watching him a little bit. So anyway, um Solidarity, Gavin. Solidarity. Yeah, is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, Eskimo Brothers, Gavin. So anyways, I do I do like the Chargers. They're just forever cursed. They signed a deal with Satan or whatever. I don't really know what they got in return, but <laughs> they seem to just lose every single possible game that they probably shouldn't. No, it was in 2010, they signed a deal with the Devil. Devil said, "We'll give you the best defense and the best offense in the league." And then that was it. That was the deal. And they thought, "That sounds like a great deal. Let's do it." <laughs> and then didn't mention special teams and then did also didn't mention that they were not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. So, um, well, yeah. So anyways, they, they, uh, the, the chargers are in an interesting situation. So they are coming off of a season where their rookie quarterback outperformed ev- basically everybody's expectations for him. He absolutely balled out. Um, he had a PFF grade of about 76 point something, um, under pressure, which was first out of all quarterbacks. Um, he was also very good on, on third down. Um, and as we've seen before, this is kind of reminiscent of Carson Wentz's 2017 season where he was really good on late downs and really good under pressure. And that's great. That adds a lot of value to your offense when you can string that out for a whole year. 
the only thing about that is is historically those are very unsustainable and very volatile numbers um, and very volatile me metrics that don't really predict from year to year. So, um, I, I Justin Herbert is a candidate for regression next year. Um, although it is promising that he did all that in year one, he was able to come out and ball out. So the, the, the thing, the, the promising thing though, is that he, sh he should also be able to improve his clean pocket performance. So like according to PFF, he had a 76.5 clean pocket grade. Um, so he graded about the same, whether it was like under pressure or not, which is abnormal, but so, it, but 76.5, as far as clean pocket grade was about 24th out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks. So he wasn't really that great in terms of clean pocket grade, but those, those metrics typically do increase over time, especially when it's just your first year starting. So that's bound to regress positively while the other stuff has been regressed negatively. But anyway, let's talk about what they should do in the off season. Um, I guess we'll start with free agency. So there's a couple candidates that, well, one, we know Hunter Henry's not getting tagged. That news came out today. So that's, he, he's going to end up walking. Um, and then um, the other kind of key piece in this whole thing that, that's going to come in their free agency is Trey Turner, who Trey Turner was um, the right guard for the Carolina Panthers. He, he got sent over to Los Angeles um, in the, uh, oh God, what's, what the fuck's his name? I don't blanket on his name. Left tackle. They, the, uh, the Panthers got Russell Okung. Sorry. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they, they swapped players. Um, Trey Turner ended up with his worst career year. I mean, he was injured a little bit, uh, but still, even when he was on the field, it was ugly. Um, he was just not good. And he's on the books for a pretty pretty decent amount of money. I don't remember the exact number, but he's most likely gone. There's no reason that you can um, keep him around given the year that he just came off of. So he's he's probably going to hit the um, hit the market. And uh, so given that, the kind of guys that the Chargers have, <clears throat> and for a long time, this is still a problem, is their offensive line is just, really all question marks except for the right tackle Brian Balaga who came from the Packers and even he isn't amazing but um maybe look for since you have so many question marks you have like four question marks especially if you get rid of Trey Turner um on the O-line and when you have a situation like that you kind of can't really like splurge at one position you kind of have to just like get some value adds where you can so maybe a guy like Larry Warford who um I actually opted out this last year because of COVID, but the year before that in 2019, he uh, was a pretty serviceable guard uh, for the saints. And um, so if he, if he's, if they're able to land him for a decent amount of money, that could be a pretty, pretty valuable ad. And then um, another, another way they can address the, that offensive line, which again is their, is their biggest concern is you want to protect Justin Herbert is in the draft. Uh, they, they pick it. Um, I think it's what 13, and so what they needed, the guy that a lot of people are, are saying he's going to get, which honestly makes the most sense is tackle Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Um, I think he's probably the second best tackle prospect other than Penny Sewell. And so if they were able to grab him at, at 13 um, and set him up at left tackle to, to protect Justin Herbert, I think that'd be, that'd be awesome for them. Um, but yeah, the, the chargers, really like 
I do like what they have. I mean, they, they have Justin Herbert, they have their two, their two wide receivers and Mike Williams and, and, and Keenan Allen. Um, it does suck. They're losing Hunter Henry, but their defense is pretty good. I mean, they have, I'm pretty sure Chris Harris is sticking around. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if he's a free agent or not. Um, and then, you know, they have their, I, I'm blanking. I'm pulling out of Chris. I'm blanking their names. The, the guy that is always injured. Um, God, he was, he's really good. He oh. came out. Of, he's a safety. Oh, he's injured for who? The Chargers. He's, oh, he's Derwin James? Derwin James. Jesus. Um, so yeah, he, he's incredible. I mean, they still have Joey Bosa. Um, they have a, a, like a lot of key pieces. And so I like what the foundation of their team is. They just, well, one need to figure out how to stop losing games. So um, like the games that they're, I mean, obviously, but games that are not supposed to lose and quit fucking around. So maybe, um, maybe losing Anthony Lynn will help them out. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's, Overall, it's kind of like with any young quarterback, kind of like with Joe Burrow. We talked about it's just you want to you want to protect him and maybe not have Justin Herbert under pressure as much, so he doesn't have to perform as well as he did last year to even keep them in games. Because uh, you might get into a Joe Burrow situation where he's running for his life every every play, and that ends up you know leading to bad tendencies as a quarterback. So um, I think it's time in Los Angeles to finally just spear this whole line situation head on as hard as you can because you know Philip Rivers may have been able to deal with it for his entire career but I don't know if you want to just continue that trend with Justin Herbert I don't think he's that kind of quarterback so yeah yeah no it's and it's been it was literally a it was an issue for literally Philip Rivers entire career so the fact that they couldn't get an offensive line outside of maybe one season and even maybe those one, two seasons that he had, they were extremely average and it was more of an anomaly than anything. Uh, they, they need, they need to surround him with protection or else it's going, it's, you don't want to start off your rookie quarterback, your second year quarterback now and have him go down the same path that Philip Rivers went down. Uh, moving on to, before you move on, where do you guys think the Chargers' ceiling is next year? Do you think they can make the playoffs? Well, it depends on how Justin Herbert plays. I mean, absolutely, they can make the playoffs. Like, I mean, with the Raiders probably regressing, even though they were only 8-8, eight eight, I just, you know, especially if they go Chris's route, you know, full crash and rebuild. I mean, who, who's going to contend with, with – I mean, obviously the Chiefs are going to come in first, but, you know, they could grab a wild card, absolutely. Um if if Justin Herbert does improve as a quarterback on on his year one performance, I think yeah, absolutely. I, I don't I don't know what ne- their win total ceiling is. What like ten wins maybe probably, but it's I hard. I think to the say. Chargers. Oh, sorry. I think the Chargers are one of the teams where it's it sucks as they are in kind of a. Uh, I mean, the Raiders might regress, but the Broncos might be much better next year, uh, depending on their quarterback situation. Uh, but I think the Chargers are one of the teams that might take the big, one of the bigger jumps in the NFL. I, I, Brandon Staley there is their head coach. He's going to get the most of that defense, especially if they stay healthy. And the offense is already stacked. All they got to do is get some sort of protection for uh, Justin Herbert, have the offensive line at least creep towards average, and then you have one of the better teams in the NFL. 
if they can win those games, they've been those like incredible games they've been losing. If they don't find ways to screw up every time they're ahead, then yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh moving on to the last place, Denver Broncos, Drew Locks. Denver Broncos, Patrick Smith, tell me how you're going to surround Drew Locke to become the franchise quarterback we all know he can be. Right, Con? Chris, I'm happy today. I don't know why you have to. to (laughs) If you guys didn't know, Connor Green is a huge lover of Drew Locke. I am not a huge lover of Drew Locke. He's always been into Drew Locke. Don't know what it is. Don't know why. I I thought he could have been good this year, and I was wrong. But today, this week, week, I don't think you should say anything mean about me. (laughs) Don't be mean to me. Let me be happy for a week. Let me me revel in this. So, anyway, the Broncos can take two choices from what I see. They can either roll out with Drew Locke and expect him to take some leap next year, which he will not take. um, Or they can find a quarterback and that's the route that i took they're drafting ninth overall i find it hard for that i would be very hard pressed not to take a quarterback at nine or even try to move up and draft one of the top three quarterbacks if they're but honestly according to these rumors that chris has just recently dropped if justin field is falling i would gladly take justin fields at ninth overall i would not at all be upset with that and i would continue on with my day um, so I'm going to say that. Let's say we they're going to draft. They're assuming they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Drew Locke can try to compete. Whatever. I I don't see it happening. They have a few, not a whole lot of notable free agents. Um, AJ Boye, Shelby Harris. Um, I don't for I don't. They're not going to sign AJ Boye back. He did not come off a good year at all. Um, and they have a decent amount of money. I have over 30 mil. Chris, if you want to fact check me on that one. 35.2 mil. Okay. So right around the same bark. Um, but honestly, they did not have a good offense last year. And honestly, the, the reason is Drew Locke. I, I think they have a very underrated group of receivers. I mean, they have Jerry Judy, who was arguably the best receiver in the draft last year. Cortland Sutton, who missed... Uh, I want to say 14 games last year because he tore his ACL against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry, Cortland Sutton. Um, and a couple other young guys, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. It's a solid receiving group, as well as no offense. Like, you look at this options and you think, on a team with, let's say, a Justin Herbert who just came in, I feel like these guys would thrive. But they were sucked down by Drew Locke and poor offensive line play, so they did not have a good offense last year. I would focus on trying to fix this offense a little bit. They do have a good bit of money to spend. They definitely need to fill some holes on the defense, which is part of the other problem. But they have a young young O-line, might be able to keep some of their guys, but I wouldn't hate if they spent big money on some of the big names in free agency, as well as draft a few in the draft. Solid uh, tackled, tackle draft this year, we know. Um, defensively, we know they just franchise tagged, uh, Justin Simmons for the second time back to back, I believe. Yes. Um, that didn't, okay. I'm just trying to, I didn't know if my money hadn't included that either since that was so recent, but if you got the 35 mil after the Justin Simmons, then they should be in, in decent shape. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys, cause you don't see it all too often. 
is Von Miller is a club option, and it seems like a lot of people want to get rid of him. It didn't seem like it would save a whole lot of cap money getting rid of him. Um, it's his final year, and I guess last year was a club option as well, and they decided to keep him. I don't see why they wouldn't keep him. He's coming off an injury, I know. It, he's getting investigated. Well, he was getting investigated. I, I get that whole aspect of it. And they decide but, not to bring charges? Yeah, the charges, everything was dropped. The investigation was dropped and everything. And so if I, I, I assume the Broncos are just going to pretend that none of that happened. If they're yeah. going to take that into effect of their decision, then I wouldn't be surprised if they declined this club option. What was he investigated for? Did anybody, that, does anybody they know, don't were, know. Were, were it the text? Not really, it's not really, wasn't publicized. Not, nowhere can I find exactly what it was. There were suspects know, about it and rumors about it, but there was nothing official. I know, I know like texts came out of him like talking to this one girl of him like saying like, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like uh, this one girl got pregnant. Uh, it was apparently, this is all alleged, don't know how true it is. Uh, just want to throw that out there. But uh, apparently he got a girl, allegedly he got a girl pregnant. And uh, he was like telling her to, like he wanted the baby gone. Uh, let me pull up the exact text. Let me, let me, let me pull up the text. Yeah, that, you keep that's going. That's most of the stuff that I had seen as well. Something to do with that in that ballpark, having to do with him having a girlfriend that was pregnant and... There were some complications with it, and he wasn't particularly happy. But then all of a sudden, it was just a couple of days ago, it all kind of disappeared, and they were just like, charges have been dropped, and that was it. Like, nothing else came out about it. They said the investigation was dead, and it just kind of died there. So I don't know how much the Broncos are going to factor that into their decision. I mean, he's been a Bronco forever. He's been really good. He's coming off a bad injury. What was it, a, an Achilles? I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, I believe it was an Achilles or a torn ACL. Uh, not exactly sure. Uh, but uh, so for these texts, it was like, uh, God, Jesus Christ. So, uh, yeah, you, you, so these are uh, not safe for work texts, by the way. So uh, uh, I'm going to read them off just that way if anybody's not aware of the situation uh he said fucking disappear and get an abortion you so fucking whack for this a keep a n-word baby you lame as hell for that and just a bunch of other just really aggressive texts uh uh just fuck you and stand everything you stand for pussy talking about the point you lying bitch that's all you ever be fuck you just a bunch of like really aggressive text messages allegedly and then there's this uh investigation that we don't know what it's for i wonder if it's for that but apparently all charges are dropped so i guess if they're gonna sweep it under a rug if we're talking about him strictly as a player i mean i i guess keep him because he's yeah. still well, so what i saw was he'd be making seven million dollars this year that's not a big hit at all that's not a whole lot of money for even if he's above average outside linebacker like that's a solid solid amount of money if they yeah. let's say they weren't to they wanted to get rid of him and they wanted to even equate his talent they'd be dipping for more money than seven million dollars i think unless they're hoping to find someone in free agency or the draft that they think will totally replace him yeah. i don't see it happening unless they're really concerned about his his ethics yeah and it, all that 
but yeah, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll the team, keep him. Hopefully the team does their own investigation and they don't just keep him because he's a really good player. Hopefully they just cut his fucking ass for being a piece of shit if these yeah. those tags were true and if the investigation is as serious as they make it out to be. But yeah, in a perfect world where everything's fine, yeah, I would keep him. Yeah, defensively, they could fill a couple holes, need a cornerback, they need a linebacker, a little more defensive line help. They have some money, um, could spend it on a cornerback, could spend it on a linebacker. Kyle Vinoy just got cut a few days ago. KJ Wright is going to be a free agent. Um, I kind of like the fit for Larry Ogunjobi to jump on their D-tackle spot because they really need that. I think that would be cool. I would can see that happening. But other than that, yeah, I would just fix the O-line and I would draft the quarterback because I like their weapons. I think they could be a really good offense if they had a good quarterback. I just think that Drew Locke is totally holding them back, and that's the piece that they need to let go of. Yeah, Jerry Judy had the most uncatchable targets in the NFL this past year. Wow. Yeah, so also I really like the Ogunjobi fit. UNCC zone. I mean, Bragg, I think Vic Fangio can get some – to play out of them but uh moving on to the nfc west the seattle seahawks the uh first place team i will be speaking of them and their needs the seattle seahawks uh so clearly i'm gonna go off on the uh i'm gonna speculate here i i'm fairly certain russell wilson be a seahawk this next year Apparently, there are rumors going around that where he might get traded. Uh, his list included the Cowboys, who obviously just signed Dak, so that's out of the picture now. The Raiders, who I talked about, who no longer have an offensive line, so I don't see why he'd still want to go there. The Bears shocked me. And then, who was the other one? Was it the Dolphins? I think it was the Dolphins, the fourth one. Um, but either way, they... They need the first men that relationship. Get him some more protection. Uh, honestly, I don't, the protection wasn't as bad as Russell Wilson makes it seem last year, but uh, the fact of the matter is he's been the most hit and most sacked quarterback since he's been drafted, and some of that's on him for holding the ball too long, but also it's been on the front office for completely – Ignoring the offensive line. I do a for... fact check real quick. I need to do a fact what? check of you. I think the Saints were the fourth team that he said he'd want to be traded to. Oh, I think the they Saints definitely were because right. the, right. the yeah. New Orleans mayor fucking came out and was yeah, like, you're "Russell right. you're Wilson, right. come to New Orleans. We'd love to have you." And knowing, having zero idea what she's fucking talking about. No, you're you're right. You're right. I I just couldn't think of the fourth one. Miami just seemed like a decent one, but. Get some help for uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, that should probably come in the draft just because there's really no... There's really... Now with the franchise tags and with signings, the only real option there is is like Trent Williams and you already have Dwayne Brown, so you don't really need a left tackle. Uh, so going to draft, looking for some in- interior offensive line help. Um Maybe, I uh, maybe uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, maybe, in terms of the defense, because the defense was one of the worst in the NFL. You need to upgrade your corners. Maybe keep Shaq Barrett, uh, depending on how much he wants. But 
getting a slot corner to help the Seattle Seahawks stop a Cooper Cup, um, stop the slot receivers in the NFC West, whether that be Larry, Larry Fitzgerald uh, and moving around DeAndre Hopkins, et cetera, et cetera. Going after a Troy Hill, a Mike Hilton. This is a strong nickel corner uh, free agency class. Troy Hill, Mike Hilton. I would personally, if I'm them, I'm going for the high in Desmond King. Desmond King, he, ever since his extremely efficient rookie year in 2018, he's kind of fallen off. Uh, The Chargers traded him for next to nothing to the Titans. And even with the Titans, I don't, he didn't, for some reason, I guess he didn't really impress the coaching staff. I would go off the production of his rookie year and hope that he gets back to that level of play. Sign him to be my nickel corner. Get an outside corner and maybe a William Jackson. You just need to upgrade that entire cornerback group. Maybe a Richard Sherman uh, reunion. I don't know how good that relationship is. I'm assuming not so great, so William Jackson's probably more realistic, but Seattle Seahawks, they do have $24.8 million in cash space currently, so I think they would be able to make the, uh, those two moves work in getting a Richard Sherman. And, I mean, maybe a Richard Sherman, a William Jackson, or and or another slot corner in Mike Hilton, Troy Hill, uh, and Desmond King. As for the draft, they should probably have one of the edge rushers fall to them Either it be a Quiddy Pay, a Jason Owe, a Gregory Rousseau. If not one of them, maybe they feel like they want to draft a corner. It's essentially they are a better version of the Raiders where they have needs all up and down their defense. Essentially, just take the best defensive player available in the draft and then get one of the better tackles in round two uh, for one of them to fall to you. Then just make Russell Wilson happy. You just got to mend that relationship. Honestly, in round three, round four, one of the receivers that falls, because one of the issues with this Seattle offense is that whenever Tyler Lockett has gotten hurt, Russell Wilson has been only able to throw it to uh, DK Metcalf, which DK Metcalf's obviously awesome, but we've seen this offense have streaks of good play and streaks of bad play, especially this past season, and I don't think you can really depend on Tyler Lockett as the number two, especially with how injury prone he's kind of been playing through a ton of injuries the past two years, getting a third option. So that way Tyler Lockett doesn't have to be that number two would be extremely beneficial to them. And honestly, if the, even if they wanted to go for it in round one at the end of the first round with a Kadarius Tony or Rondell Moore, all the more power to them because those two guys will help the vertical offense of the Seattle Seahawks become a little bit more horizontal and be able to get Russell Wilson some easy yards after the catch. Uh, But moving on, that's really all I have on the Seattle Seahawks. Just keep Russell Wilson happy, get him some protection, fix that defense, and maybe add a third wide receiver to the mix. Uh, Moving on, the second place Los Angeles Rams, the Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford-led Los Angeles Rams, take it away. So, uh, the Los Angeles Rams are a peculiar team. 
Um, and they consistently seem to be pretty good. Um, but their recent uh, strategy of getting rid of all of their first round draft picks all the way up until 2028. I don't know what the fuck it is, but like, it's a long time. Like they haven't, they haven't picked in the first round since like they picked Jared Goff. It seems like, and then they won't pick again until like 2024. So on top of that, they are th- According to overthecap.com, they're $35 million over the cap currently. So that is going to come along with a lot of a lot of roster moves. Um, one of the ones that probably is going to be a casualty um, is Michael Brockers. He, he's probably not going to not probably not going to make the cut. Um, so he, I believe if they if they cut him, um, after June 1st, they'll save $6.5 million in cap saving. Um, and then also there's uh, the thing is with the Rams, like not only do they not have any cap space, they also have like an alarming amount of free agents. Um, some of them being pretty, you know, pretty decent key pieces of their secondary. One of them, I think Chris mentioned earlier was Troy Hill. Um, and then also John Johnson and uh, what's it? I said Darius Williams, right? Darius Williams, Troy Hill, and John Johnson, all three members of their secondary, which, you know, Darius Williams and Troy Hill were the two corners after Jalen Ramsey that that played extremely well. Um, and so it's just you gotta try to sign one of them. Maybe I don't know. I guess I would say they don't have enough money, but then again, the Saints are just proving that the cap space or cap space isn't real. So they could try to find you don't want like to lose all of your secondary in one off season. That wouldn't be great. Uh, your safety and two starting corner or second and third corner. Um, so the thing is on top of that, um, they have pieces like Josh Reynolds leaving Gerald Everett, most likely leaving. Um, they can't probably afford to keep either of those guys. Um, Leonard Floyd, edge rusher who probably had a career year last year, um, had 10 sacks on the year. Um, probably, He's also a free agent, so he's probably going to command a little too much money, uh, given how, you know his performance last year. Probably won't be worth it, so they'll probably let him walk. Um, and now, like, so on top of all that, they don't have a first round pick this year. So, um, it's like they have a lot of pieces that are walking out the door, and not a lot of capital to to reel that back in. Um, granted they did gain Matt Stafford in the off season on a pretty affordable deal. Um, they're still going to keep, you know, they're still going to have Cooper cup and they're still going to have, um, you know, Tyler Higby as their backup tight end. So that's why I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. if Gerald ever leaves, um, Robert Woods is also going to be there. They're still, but I think Andrew Whitworth is also a, a free agent. Um, I believe. And so the thing is, is like, you can't get rid of him, even though he's approaching 40 years old, because that would just add another hole to leave, um, or to try to fill, which at left tackle, that's really not an option. Um, so, and even, and even though Andrew Whitworth is approaching 40, he's still, he's still pretty serviceable left tackle. So I, I don't really, I don't really see a clear, like, off season for the Rams that they could 
put together to be better than they were or they have been. Um, I mean, obviously they got Matt Stafford, which will help uh, because that's an improvement over Jared Goff. But the thing is, they just have so much. They have so many free agents that are walking out the door and not a lot of capital in terms of cap space and draft capital to to fix it. So I don't really know. I feel like there's this is kind of a theme. You know, the, the, the Texans are kind of in this situation. The Saints are in this situation. Um, but I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, even though they have a bunch of people leaving, they still do have their pieces that they did trade for to get rid of all their first-round picks. They still have Jalen Ramsey. Um, they have Matt Stafford now. Um, Aaron Donald's still on their team. Uh, they, I, the core of offensive players that I named earlier – so, like, at a foundation, they're still good. I just think that it's going to be really hard for them to to try to patchwork a, a roster together for next year um, and try to keep continuity because, I don't know, if continuity is pretty important, and we kind of learned that this year. So, I, I don't know if you guys have any, like, super spicy takes to what they could possibly do to remain uh, contenders in the, in the NFC West, but I, I don't know. I think there's a very real shot that the Rams could be one of the uh, one of the biggest surprises in the NFL in terms of uh, worst records. Yeah, I and mean, not like uh, on Matt Stafford for the most part, because you know, like they're they're in an extremely tough division where the 49ers are going to get healthy. They're going to be they're going to be much better next year. The Cardinals are only getting better every year, and the Rams, like you said, their biggest their biggest strength of their team was their secondary and three out of their uh three of their members are hitting free agency where they have zero cap space to re-sign them all three of them might be walking out the door and yeah they can create cap space i'm sure it's just like i don't know i like you said i don't see how they're getting much better unless everybody's speculation about Matthew Stafford is true. And that system is really all he needed. He needs, he just needed a really good system to play around. And he's just that massive an improvement from Jared Goff to where Sean McVay and him just lead them to the playoffs. I don't know. I don't, I'm with you. I don't see how they get much better. I can only see them getting potentially substantially worse. Yeah. I mean, cause I'm looking, I'm looking through all their players. That's like, that's getting a, a huge amount of money. And it's obviously the, the names you expect, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford, Cooper cup, Robert Woods, Andrew Whitworth. Um, then after that, you start getting into players that, you know, might be candidates for, for cutting, which is Michael Brockers. Like I said earlier, maybe Rob Havenstein, uh, that's $6.7 million against the cap. Um, Gerald Everett's already walking out the door. So, um, Ashad Robinson, their D tackle is that's two point five million dollars. But like then, you're only you're only you know chipping away like two one three million dollars at a time, and you're thirty million dollars over the cap. So it's like even if you do cut a bunch of people just to get under the cap, it's like the Saints where you don't really have a whole lot of room to sign any additional people or any of your free agents that you have walking out the door or any free agents that are also out there. Like you really, cause you also have to make, you also have to make room for all your, all your rookies that are coming in. So I don't know. They're, they're really just going to have to roll with the roster. That is like the bones of the roster that are left after all their cuts and try to, and try to roll with it and hope that Matt Stafford can elevate the offense with the key pieces that they still do have. 
I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, they they, they kind of did YOLO it on this one, like, not that they're, it's like a diet Saints strategy where they're just, you know, that's why they, why they had to kind of go all out with Matt Stafford because they feel like their roster currently can win. But I feel like their strategy is starting to catch up to them with the whole, just, you know, pay a bunch of money to these, you know, blue chip players and trade away all their draft capital. It's, you know, the reckoning's getting there. It's knocking on the door and they're just trying to kick it down the road as much as they can. But I don't know how much longer that's sustainable. Yeah. So. And they're really like one player away from like just not being a great team. Like they like if obviously like most teams are like a quarterback injury away, but like if if Matthew Stafford got hurt, obviously they're not a good team anymore. If, if Aaron Donald got, got hurt, yeah. Like it's just they're they're an extremely top heavy team and they've benefited from injury luck for a while now, and I'm not sure how much longer that can last. But anyway, moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, eight and eight Arizona Cardinals last year almost made the playoffs, kind of sputtered towards the end after starting six and two, right? They were six and two. Or yeah. were they five and three? I can't remember. Um, yeah, they had they started way, really well. And if they didn't, they hadn't have had that, um, uh, what'd you call it? The Kyler Murray Hail miracle. Murray. Hail Mary, the Hail Murray. Thank you. Um, they would have barely, I think, like you said, they've only would have won two games on their final eight game stretch. But as sad as their ending was, there is a lot of bright spots, a lot of good things to look at. Um, like very few teams, they're in a good spot in their quarterback situation for now and the years to come. Kyler Murray showed a lot of promise, especially at the beginning of last year, kind of caught up with him. Uh, we talk a lot about how that's because of. Cliff Kingsbury's uh, scheme and how it's really not that great a scheme and it's really relying on Kyler Murray and the receivers to get themselves open. They never no, seen... it's because he's short. <laughs> <laughs> or if you or if you listen to Connor's takes, it's because he's too short and can't throw the ball over his. It own. is Dak Prescott's signing week. All other takes I have are not subject to criticism. <laughs> <laughs> um, their biggest. Need is going to be cornerback. Uh, their top two, their starting cornerbacks, are both free agents this year, Patrick Peterson and Drake Kirkpatrick. Uh, Peterson seems as good as gone, been a bit of a rocky road. I don't foresee them signing him back. Kirkpatrick, they'll probably get back. Not that he's anything special at all. I wouldn't be surprised if that's – they don't have a whole lot of cap space. I don't think I mentioned that. I got about $15 million above right now from what I had seen. That Not that that's – bad cap space to work with. But if you're going to make one big free agent signing to someone at their cornerback spot, or let's say on the defense, like they just signed JJ Watt. Um, surprisingly, they still have a solid amount of money after the JJ Watt signing, but I can see them going big in cornerback and free agency because they need to, they need to beef up the secondary a little bit and they cannot expect to go into the draft after losing both their starting quarters and expect it to be a solid secondary. Some of their other free agents, Hassan Reddick, um, who we also deem to be as good as gone after the J.J. Watt signing. Either they were considering franchise tag him. Some people expected it until they signed J.J. Paying J.J. all that money, it doesn't make sense to pay Hassan Reddick on the outside just the same amount of money, which would essentially kill all of their cap space if they decided to sign him or had essentially or had franchise tag him, I should say. Um 
their big thing that I think they need to, in the draft, they're going to need to target a guard. Um, another, who's their other free agent? Uh, Kelvin Beecham is their tackle. He's like 30 something. Wouldn't be surprised if they sign him back. I would try to keep that O line as intact as possible and just try to beef it up a little bit. Solid. It was like a top 15 offensive line, which 15 teams can't, or 17 teams can't necessarily say in the NFL. But um, honestly, not a whole lot for them to do. I either expect them to drop big money on quarterback or drop big money on a tight end slash receiver. Not that they have a bad receiving room at all. Um, they might let Larry Fitz walk. Not so sure where that whole situation is. Not that he's adding too much to the offense. But in the tight ends room, I, I would, I'm sure Kyler Murray would love if they had a reliable big guy that's not named Dan Arnold expecting to break out and be amazing. Dan Arnold, the postman. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that Dan Arnold. <laughs> um, but other than that, as long as Kyler Murray continues to develop and continues to show promise, this team could definitely make the playoffs next year. They arguably should have last year the way they played at the beginning of the year and just fell apart. But definitely good things to come for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm trying to see where that nickname came from, the Postman. Dan Arnold. All we do is run straight. <laughs> uh, but. There it is. Yep, that's right. That's right. He was called the postman. Hell yeah. But uh, going, uh, moving on. So the Arizona Cardinals. I I agree with you, and I don't. I'm not. I don't really understand the point of playing Larry Fitzgerald. I think it's clear he's kind of done. Like, mm-hmm. like I I think like Christian like Christian Kirk is a nice three. Like I don't I don't understand the point of continuously trying to trot Larry Fitzgerald out there when you can clearly get much better and much more explosive than what the Cardinals have. So I personally would want to go after another receiver. I think they should have drafted C.D. Lamb last year when they had the opportunity and pair him with his former college quarterback. But, you know, that's just me. Steve Kime obviously had other thoughts. But uh, moving on. Jason uh, thing. I just keep trotting him out there, hoping he's going to rejuvenate. <laughs> yeah, literally. I, I, Larry Fitzgerald, like, he, he, he deserved it much longer than Jason Witten did. But, sure. uh, but yeah, it's it's, this is, it's that's fine. just where the Cardinals need to say, hey, if you want to retire a Cardinal, we'd love for you to. But man, like we can't keep putting you out there and expecting you to get on the field for however many if, percent of the snaps that you want. If you want to, if you want to keep him, put him in like a Demarcus Robinson role. Who cares? Like have him as a fourth receiver, whatever. That's fine. Where, like where he gets more snaps than he should. <laughs> just, just consistently having him out there as your third receiver is just, just. It doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's just, it's loyalty when you don't need even need to be loyal to this point. Like you've given him fourteen years or fifteen years. I don't even no know. No Super Bowls though, unfortunately. No Super Bowls, and like they should have given him a quarterback earlier in his career. But you know what's done is done. Uh, but anyway, Connor. The six and ten San Francisco 49ers. How do you get this team to improve? So it's actually gonna be a very interesting free agency for the 49ers, especially if they get rid of Jimmy G, but I'll get the, to that in a second. So, first of all, they have a lot of big time free agents. They have Trent Williams, who they definitely need to resign because he's one of the best tackles in football. He might be the best tackle in football now that Tyron Smith is past his prime. 
and that just makes me depressed. But I'll push on. Um, Richard Sherman is a free agent. They should probably let him go. You know, he's obviously past, I think he's past his prime at this point. He's still a good corner, but he's going to cost a lot of money. And there are a lot of teams that are going to pay him a shit ton of money. And the Niners have $23 million right now in cap space. Most of that should go to Trent Williams and Solomon Thomas, who you can bring back for a pretty cheap fifth-year deal on his rookie option. Chris, Juice, Kyle Juszczyk, he's a free agent. I know how much you love him. I'm sure you would want to break the bank for, break the bank for him as well. He's need uh, number one, baby. Need no, I don't number know much, one. I don't know how much. I don't know how much a fullback would get. I don't really know. I don't really know the fullback market. Shut but, the fuck up. You'll get give him whatever he wants. Whatever, whatever Juice wants, you have to give it to him. They're gonna have to let give Tevin him. Coleman go, which hurts me because I like Tevin Coleman. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, they can try to bring him back, but they already have Debo Samuel and uh, what's his name. They're, they're rookie receiver. Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. So they really don't need Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, although, I mean, if they can bring him back on a team deal, then maybe. And then they have Jason Verrett, who's also going to probably have to go because most of that money that they have, that $23 million, is going to go towards Trent Williams, or it should because he is, again, arguably the best tackle in football. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't bring him back. He's amazing. Um, so they have $23 million in cap space. They could get another $24 million if they trade Jimmy G. I'm going to get to – there are two players who they could tra- trade him for. One of these players is going to get me a lot of shit from Gavin. So I'm going to start with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, 90% of the teams in the league probably want Deshaun Watson or should at least be kind of taking calls about Deshaun Watson. And the Niners are no different. If they can somehow get Deshaun Watson, they'll be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, he's obviously a top-five quarterback, and they have a very good roster. Um, I don't think they're going to get Deshaun Watson. I think Watson will probably end up on the Jets if he ends up leaving the Texans, either the Jets or the Dolphins. I don't think he's going to go to the Niners, although that would be pretty cool seeing Kyle Shanahan with Deshaun Watson. The other one is Sam Darnold. And I actually, I'm beginning to warm up to the idea, not because I think Sam Darnold's good, but if they can't get Deshaun Watson, if you trade Jimmy G, you free up $24 million in cap space. I think Sam Darnold is expected to make like $9 million, $10 million next year. He's a very cheap option. And he, he only has one year left in his contract. You bring him back to California for a year. He played at USC, the California USC, obviously. You bring him back to California for a year. You try to see if, if you can get anything out of him with Kyle Shanahan. And you have Debo Samuel. And you have a bunch of good receivers. You have Brendan Ayuk. Right. You know, hopefully uh, Kittle will be healthy next year and you try to see if he's anything and you give him one year where you give him the entire year to see if he has anything left in him or if he can try to rebound his career. And then if not, you, you can just let him go. I mean, and again, it's a little bit of a rebuild, but if he's bad, the team's going to be bad. They're in a good division and they can maybe get Sam Howell or somebody along those lines next year or they can i don't know what the free agency market's going to look like for quarterbacks next year but they could try to dip into the free agency market they can also free up a little bit of space by cutting d ford um a pre-june first cut would save them six million a post june first cut would save them 16 million again that magical date of june first changes everything but if you get rid of him after june first obviously the free agency market's going to be like totally dried up and you're not really going to be able to spend that money this year and then they could cut or restructure the contract of their center, uh, Weston Richburg. Um, I actually had no idea who that was. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I didn't know there was somebody in the NFL named Weston. So former, he, 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 former Giant center. Is that true? 
Is yeah, he good? Line center. He Is was he good? pretty good. He he's not good anymore. He's like kind of injury prone, but he got he did get signed away from the Giants for a pretty big five year, like forty two million dollar contract. Good for good 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 for Weston Richburg. Yeah, good so for Weston. They cut him post June first. They could save eight point three five million. Um, they probably won't cut Weston Richburg. I don't even know if they're going to end up cutting D Ford again. They're way over the cap. Um, they need to bring back Trent Williams. That's the first, second, and third priority. After that, I think they should get rid of Jimmy G. I don't know how you guys feel about Jimmy G. I think he isn't. I thought. I thought he was. I think we all agree he was overrated after the Super Bowl. I think maybe he's a little underrated this off season because people are really down on him. I think it's clear that he's very injury prone, and, and at best, he's kind of a middle of the pack quarterback. And obviously, you can get to a Super Bowl with him because they did get to a Super Bowl with him. But the question is, can you do that while he's, I guess, make, making the kind of money he's making? And can you do that again? I don't know if you can. Um, I, I know there's a lot of rumors out there that the Niners are potentially interested in Sam Darnold. And there, there were some rumors that they might be interested in Deshaun Watson. Uh, they have the 12th overall pick in the draft. They need wide receivers, a defensive line, a little bit offensive line, less so offensive line, because a lot of that was because they were injured across the offensive line last year. And if they bring back Trent Williams, they'll be set on the offensive line. Cornerback, because they're probably going to have to let Richard Sherman go, and they might have to let Jason Verrett go as well. And then they could also use a quarterback, obviously, if you know they trade Jimmy G and they don't get Darnold or Watson, there is a chance they have the 12th pick. They could move up to try and get somebody like a Justin Fields or they could hope he falls. But their potential draft picks, Rashawn Slater, if they don't get, if they don't re-sign Trent Williams, which I think they will, and even if they re-sign uh, Trent Williams, Rashawn Slater's a terrific prospect. And if they can get him at 12, I think they should seriously consider it. Trey Lance and, Pat and Justin Fields, if they fall and you don't get a replacement for Garoppolo, Patrick Sertan the second would be a great pick for, for them at 12. So would Caleb Farley. Kind of the same thing for the Cowboys. And then Elijah Vera Tucker, he's USC California as well. Um, you know, this is a this is, this is is a team that they have a – there's a lot of volatility. Obviously, when you have a team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago but finished in the last place in the division last year, you would expect there to be a lot of volatility. A lot of their struggles last year really came down to injuries and a lot of bad luck. I think most of their injuries actually happened. Was it on the Giants Stadium? I believe they had like uh, they, had, they had like a crazy number of injuries playing the Giants, and they didn't want to go back to the Jets. It was no, they played the Jets first, and then they played the Giants. Uh, and they didn't want they wanted them to check the field, but the field was apparently fine, which I I actually agree with. I think the field it was just more bad luck. Like nobody, it was more bad luck than the field. But I mean, still, it was crazy. I think they had like three or four major injuries that game, and that was. I mean, their year was they were so unlucky last year, and they yeah. obviously have a great head. They have a great head coach with Kyle Shanahan. I don't know how, you, but he's at least competent when he's healthy. Um, I think they should again trade him. I think. Even if that means you go out and get Sam Darnold, which I'm not a Sam Darnold fan, and you give him one year to prove himself with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach with those weapons around him, maybe you can even go out with the extra money you get from trading Garoppolo and get somebody like a Curtis Samuel. He'd be really fun in Kyle Shanahan's system. Maybe you could get Corey Davis. Maybe you could go out there and get a guy like Hassan Reddick for the defensive side of the ball. You'd get Corey Lindsley with that extra money. I, I know there was some talk of them potentially going after Melvin Ingram if they don't bring back Solomon Thomas on his fifth-year option. But, you know, this is a team that they could legitimately uh, – they could win the division. I, I feel confident, say, confident saying they could win the division. 
but I mean, they could also they could they could come in last place again. They could have a top ten pick next year if Jimmy this G can't stay ex- healthy. This is an extremely tough division. Like, it's an it extremely, is. Like, any any single one of them can win it, and any single one of them I think could come in last, which is honestly insane. Yeah. Um. But let, let's let's end the episode on that. Let's end the episode on this this quick combo. Like, what would you guys do with Jimmy G? Like, what do you think about them potentially going into 2021 with Jimmy G as their starting quarterback? I said but trade I, them so you guys can go. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, anybody, anybody want to fucking take it? Uh, I just, I, unless you want to trade up, which I mean, I'm always for. You know, if you if you want to pull the trigger, go for it. Um, and you want to grab. Zach Wilson try to trade up that far, uh, and get him. Then I'm I'm all for that. I, I think maybe yeah, try to trade trade Jimmy G, see what you can get for him. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to roll into the next season with Jimmy G. And I know the Niners were rumored to have um, interest in in Teddy Bridgewater, which I was excited about. Just fucking get that man out of the building, but um, not as a starter, but as a backup for Jimmy G because Jimmy G is, you know, injury prone. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I do think that it would be more interesting for me as a football fan to see a rookie under Kyle Shanahan and in his system than, you know, watching another year of Jimmy G try to be average. So, yeah, I. I think you should explore trading him. I think his contract is actually extremely desirable. Uh, he has zero guaranteed money left in his deal, and at twenty six point four million, and then twenty seven million next year, that's pretty cheap for uh, quarterback contracts nowadays. So if you can trade him to a team like the Bears or uh, or another quarterback needy team, Depending on what you can get, I think you might be able to get like as much as like a second round pick for him, maybe even higher, depending on how desperate a team is. I mean, Sam Bradford got a first round pick from the Eagles a few years ago, uh, or for the Eagles, I should say, uh, which is fucking crazy. But anyway, uh, is that right? Sam Bradford? Yep. I remember two I the Vikings from the Eagles. Yeah, two to the Vikings. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, just making sure. Uh, and. I think exploring trading for him is a good move. Getting extra draft capital to then potentially trade up. Obviously, it takes two parties to uh, takes two to tango, and moving up, you can't necessarily guarantee that you get your guy. But if they feel confident they can do that, if they can trade Jimmy G, get that draft capital, and move up and get their quarterback of the future. Seeing Kyle Shanahan with a quarterback that he himself legitimately likes likes and hand-picked, that would be a sight to see. So that's something that the 49ers should definitely look to explore. But if they do go into 2021 with Jimmy G, I don't think they should be upset about it. I think he's a fine quarterback. I don't think he's like this horrendous quarterback like some people are making him out to be. Obviously, they got to the Super Bowl with him. So if need be, Going to twenty twenty one with him and try and run it back. Peachman, do you have anything to add to that, or you, or? Uh, personally, if I think if Shanahan likes a guy like Lance, I wouldn't be surprised if they roll in with Garoppolo and try to trade up anyway without necessarily trading away, trading him away, and draft Lance. Maybe if they move up to eight, 
seven or eight draft Lance and start Garoppolo next year and just develop Lance for a whole year and then just let Garoppolo go when he his contract expires and expect to start Lance if they see promise in him. Yeah, honestly, Lance, you probably don't want starting year one anyway, so I actually really like that. But anyway, that is our episode. Thank you for listening. Next episode, we will preview the free agency, which is starting on March 17th. I believe the uh, the period, uh, what, what do they call it? The, the tampering the, period. The tampering period, was that started the 14th or 15th? I, I want to say 15th. 15th. Yeah, I want to say 15th. I'm not 15th. 100% sure Either way, we will have our episode out before then, previewing our favorite free agencies, our free agent players and their fits. Uh, uh, before then, follow us on Smash Mouth Football Podcast on Twitter, uh, Smash Mouth FB Pod, uh, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Peace out.